Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Hey, beautiful baptism service. I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed, and we're really blessed. We had 11 baptisms last month and 11 baptisms this month, and that's... Mm, if that didn't get you fired up, something's wrong. Amen. So that's good stuff. We're grateful for that. We'll do it again the end of January. So uh, between now and then, if the, that's something that uh, you need to do or you've been, uh, been kind of contemplating, you need to see me or one of my staff, we make this happen. We can get that done. So we're in Christmas. Obviously, we started last week. Here it is. Uh, Christmas ready or not. Uh, the temperatures will catch up to Christmas eventually, I promise, okay? We just got to be patient, okay? But uh, today, I've titled the message today, Let's Go to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem. So I want to take you on a little journey to Bethlehem. And I know it's a familiar story. And that's the danger of Christmas and Easter is people come in pre-programmed to the message, and it's about a baby, and they rode a donkey, and they came over here, and they had a manger, and he was born, and all this. I, I know that. The text doesn't change, but I'm telling you, God has a word for you. So I don't want you to tune your ears. I've heard it before. I want you to tune them up to something and get something that you've never heard before. So I want you to see as we go to Bethlehem. Luke 2, Luke 2, 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them in the heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Let us go to Bethlehem. It was a dark night, but yet in the dark of that night, there was a light. The light of the world had come, had come to Bethlehem. Why Bethlehem? What was up with Bethlehem? We're going to look at all that. But Bethlehem almost missed it. There was no room for them in the inn. They had to lay on straw, put the king in a stable where animals feed. They were not ready. We were not ready. There's a danger as you walk in the Christmas, that maybe you're not ready for what he wants to show you, teach you, and there's a danger that you might miss what he wants you to see. Let us, you and me, become Bethlehem's ourselves. We find in this little village three very, very important things. Number one, that Bethlehem was a place of potential. Bethlehem was a place of providence. And Bethlehem was a place of privilege. The Lord longs for you to become Bethlehem, for you and I to awaken to the fact that we are persons 
of potential, of providence, and privilege. Let's go to Bethlehem. I want to show them to you. Bethlehem first is a place of potential. Micah 5, 2 says this, But you, O Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, mm, though you are little among the thousands of Judah. See, here's the deal. God chose Bethlehem. Long time ago. Foretold in the Old Testament by the great prophet that it would be born, that he would be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem reminds us that in God's economy, which is definitely not our economy, the small shall become great and the last shall become first. Oh, you don't want to miss that. See, Bethlehem, just not this little, little podunk place, chosen by God. It was chosen by God. See, he's sending message then that, oh, you might think you're some just little. You don't matter. You matter. You matter in God's economy. This is the message of Bethlehem, that as the Lord looks at you, he doesn't see you for what you are, but what you could become. This is the message. Listen to me. When I saw myself, I saw the kid that did second grade twice, that stuttered, that couldn't speak, that couldn't spell, that couldn't pronounce words, that my friends laughed at me. Then when God said, hey, hey, here's what I'm going to do to you. We're going to go in the ministry. <laughs> nope. You, wrong address, God. This is your first mistake. You've never made one, but you've made one. I've got it. No, you're going to stand up before people and you're going to speak. Oh, no, 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 no. I faked stomach viruses in junior high so I didn't get an oral report. I mean, I, I never wanted to go that day. Never. God said, listen to me. You need to open your Bible on a random thought and I'm going to show you Jeremiah 1. So one night sitting in a dorm room because my roommate Billy Foote was sitting in his bed playing his guitar with, with not a lot of clothing on, so I didn't want to see that. So I was looking this way. <laughs> That's just the truth. No man should pick a guitar in his underwear. So, so <laughs> sorry, Billy Foote, on this podcast, but, but he's playing a guitar over here, and I'm not looking at that, so I'm like, I got to find something in the Word. So I open up my Bible, and Jeremiah 1 says, don't tell me you are a child. And don't tell me you can't speak, for I will put my words in your mouth, and you will speak to everyone I put you in front of, and I will anoint your mouth and tongue with my words. Let me say something to you. I was a mess when I read that. Never even seen it before. Listen to me. I thought I was little and didn't matter I thought I was God's first mistake, that I was a misfit. I was a bad day for God. But I learned that God had a big plan for me, and it took all my crookedness and made something of it. You see, God can hit a home run with a crooked stick because he's hitting one with me. And you put, that, you put that, that stick in the right hands, and let me tell you, man, that's a sweet Louisville slugger. He'll hold his hands inside, rip a fastball over the left field fence so fast, make your head spin, all right? Some of y'all like, hands in, that's how you hit a curve, all right? So here's the deal. God can do it through you, 
if he just has you. See, some of you are holding back on God because you're like, what can I bring to the kingdom? You can bring a lot to the kingdom if you let to go yourself. Quit reminding God of what you're not and give him what you are. When God gets what he's got, he can do a lot with it. But as long as you keep it thinking it's yours and you're protecting us from you, you're, you're hurting people. You're hurting the kingdom because there's people that have your name written on it. You're supposed to be ministering to. You're supposed to be Jesus to. Let me, let me pare it down for you. There are people that need to hear the gospel and you're chosen to bring it to them. And they're still waiting. I hope. When's the last time you said, God, all of me is yours? Because I'm going to tell you something. If you ever did that, you would be amazed at what he does through you. Can I help you with something real simple? You're his to start with. Quit holding on to something that never was yours. He made you. You did not make yourself. So give him you and watch what he makes. It's as simple as that. God did not come to Caesar's palace to be born. He didn't come to Herod's court. He arrived quietly, almost unannounced, in a seemingly insignificant village. God is reminding you today and me that in his eyes, you have greatness. Psalm 139, as I prayed over the children, says he knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and all the days of your life have been ordained before one of them came to be. Jeremiah 29, 11, we love it. For God has planned the great, has, I know the plans God has for me, plans to prosper me and, and to make me a future, not to harm me, all this other stuff. That's beautiful. And we stop right there because 13 and 14 is key. It says, I will find you when I seek you with all my heart. You, 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 you want to know the plans God has for you? Go all in. Why should a God who made you only go halfway to get you? He went all the way to the cross. Now you go all the way to him. And when you do that, he'll blow your mind. See yourself as Bethlehem. And remember, God chose Bethlehem and God chose you. And God chose you. Bethlehem is a place of providence. The rest of Micah 2 says this, but you, Bethlehem, Though you are little among the thousands in Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old. Long centuries before the birth, the prophet foretold that Christ would be born in Bethlehem. But how? Mary and Joseph at this time lived in Nazareth. Nazareth is 70 miles north of Bethlehem. Why in the world and how in the world are they getting to Bethlehem? Well, Caesar, then, then, then a decree went out, okay? Remember the decree that went out that everyone would have to pay taxes. And to do that, you had to go back to the land of your lineage. So I want you to look at it in Luke. Look at Luke chapter 2. Let's go to 3. 
Luke 2, 3, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from, his, from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judah to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to register with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days had been completed for her to, to her to be delivered. And she brought forth a first son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I want you to see something. God took and put forth a decree foretold by the prophets long ago. Mary and Joseph had to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Why? Because it was foretold by God that the king, the savior, would be born in Bethlehem. So they took off in a journey. Joseph with Mary, and I mean a very pregnant Mary, on 70-mile journey to Bethlehem. Can I remind you and I that we are a people or a person of providence? Many things in our lives that on the surface appear inconvenient may just be the hand of God's providence getting us to our Bethlehem. Bethlehem reminds us that God promises what God promises he will perform no matter what. Bethlehem is a place of providence and so are you. Let me tell you a little story. When we came to the panhandle, we didn't know a soul in Amarillo, Texas. Not a soul. Our families thought we had problems and something wrong with us when we said we're going to Amarillo. We come to Amarillo, Texas. We live in the Quail Creek Apartments for about seven months while we were building a house. We didn't know what we were gonna do. So one day I'm having lunch with a gentleman at Applebee's on Sancy. He said, how's the house hunting going? I said, not good, not good. I feel like I see the same house for a hundred times, right? He said, what do you wanna do? I said, well, I really like to build, but I can't afford a lot in Amarillo. He said, have you looked in Bushland? Where? <laughs> he said, Bethlehem. I mean, no, he did not. He said, Bushland. <laughs> he said, Bushland. I said, what, what, what is Bushland and where is it? He says, about eight miles west of here. All right. Now, don't, don't think wrong of me. I didn't know there was anything west of Amarillo but New Mexico. I just did I just thought that was as far as you could go, man. It's mountain time just right over here, you know? So I just thought that ended. And the only thing I did through Amarillo was to go skiing in Colorado, and I just took off, man. And so he says, you got you to build out there in Bushland. I said, why? He said, well, it's not much right now, but it's going to be. That'll be 16 years in February. We left at lunch, and we drove out here. We saw some lots in Prairie West in 2002. I took three pictures of that lot that we bought the next day. And in all three pictures facing different directions, there's nothing in my pictures. <laughs> it's the saddest 
picture of a lot I've ever taken in my life. And I've never really looked at them all side by side before. I was like, this is really depressing. And this one's even more depressing. This is I hear, oh Lord, this is real depressing. I mean, there's nothing, nothing. But can I tell you that we were just one big setup by God. God brought us to our Bethlehem because Bethlehem was providence for us. You got one too. Some of you are in jobs right now and you're like, I don't like my job, I don't like my boss, and I don't like no one I'm with. (laughs) I don't need your hand right now. (laughs) Here's the deal. God's got you where he wants you to show you, teach you something. Learn what he wants and trust him to open that door. Here's what you have to understand about God. Maybe you are ready and maybe he's ready for you, but the place he has for you is not prepared yet. You sit there in the wait and you honor a king that has great things for you. Remember, he wrote Psalm 139, you did not. I appreciate your help and I'm sure he does too. But what I had to understand is this. I am a grain of sand, and he's a big old God. He will put you where he wants you for such a time as this, and he will magnify himself through you if you'll get there. Some of you are not waiting well where you're at because the definition of patience in the Bible is waiting without grumbling. And some of you aren't there like you think you are. I've been there, my friend. It's hard to wait without grumbling. And it's really hard to get ahead of God and call the shots and say, God, you're way too slow for me. I got things to do. Yeah, the things I'm about to go do are not of God, and it ain't going to be pretty. Wait on God's timing. It's beautiful and it's perfect. And God will put you in a place where he can maximize his gifts through you to maximize his kingdom. Bethlehem is a place of providence, and so are you, and so are you. Bethlehem is also a place of privilege. Mm. What an amazing privilege to be the hand-picked cradle for the Son of God. The hand-picked cradle for the Son of God. Why Bethlehem? Why not Jerusalem? the seat of religious power? Why not Rome, the center of political power? Why not Athens, the center of intellectual power? Because God was sending a message. The hope of our world is not in religion, it's not in politics, and it's not in philosophy. The hope of this world is in a savior. Bethlehem is a place of privilege. This Christmas could become Bethlehem moment for you. The same Christ born in Bethlehem can be born again in you. John 3, 3 says this, Nicodemus and Jesus having a little chat. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, most surely I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you think Bethlehem is privileged to be the birthplace, what a greater privilege for Christ to be born in you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all have become new. Friends, we think Bethlehem is awesome. Why? Because it was the birthplace for Jesus, the king. Can I tell you something? I am the birthplace. I am. You are, if you know him. Think back when you got born again, when you got saved, when you gave your life to Christ. You became Bethlehem. Christ was reborn in you. You were born again. Christ made you new. You are who you are today because Bethlehem took place in you. He took place in you. Are you here today and Christmas today and has for many years? You just don't, you don't get it all. You don't understand it all. You get it. I mean, you understand the baby was born and all this other stuff in Bethlehem. You understand the songs. You understand Christmas. But, 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 but there's something missing. You, there's something in you that's not alive. I mean, you, you appreciate it. You respect it. You're not going to go out and run your mouth about it. But all this fuss about a baby born in a manger, I don't, it's, just, it's just not alive in you. And sometimes even you might find yourself going, I just can't wait to get this tree down. These songs to end. Let's just go back to life as normal. Enough with this Jesus thing. I know Easter's coming. I got to do it again like five months. All right? Resurrected, tomb's empty. I get it. All right? No, you don't get it. Because if that's it for you, he ain't in you. And I'm not judging. I'm just calling fruit, fruit. If you walk like an orange... You can't call yourself a banana. It just ain't right. Listen to me. Bethlehem can happen in you. He can resurrect in you something that was dead, breathe life into it, and you can be born again. But you got to come to him. You got to come to him. And here's what, I've un- here's, what, here's what you have to understand about everybody that comes to Jesus all through the stories of, the, of, of, of through the birth, the, the magi, the shepherds, and everybody, they come to him. But there's something that happens every time they come. They bow. See, I, I, I've... <laughs> so, I'm just speaking for men. Can I just speak there? I, I can't speak for, for ladies. But for a man... For a man, it's hard to bow. 
Hard to bow, man. It's hard. There's something in us, man. We got an extra dose of pride when we came out. Y'all like me? Ooh, I'm telling you, I can get cocky and arrogant faster than I can get humbled. It's hard to bow. But when you come to Jesus, you come to him broken, broken in your sin, nasty in your sin, empty in your sin, hungry, thirsty, you better bow. And that old self better die right there. And Jesus Christ will raise you up and he'll put life in you that you've never experienced. And I'm going to tell you, there's some dead people walking in this room. Y'all walking, but you're not alive. You're not alive. I know you're existing, but you're not alive. You know, different than a tree, grass. You're existing, but you're not alive. Can Can I get you to do me a favor? Not me a favor. Can I get you to do him a favor? He wants to do Christmas in you like you've never had Christmas before. When you are born again, when he breathes life into you, you'll never need another package under a tree because your greatest gift came in a manger. He'll set you free and put a song in you and you'll never hush it up and there'll be people that you see that will not recognize you because you are different. Different. Today, today, I'm asking you to understand that Bethlehem was a privilege and it's a privilege for Bethlehem to happen in you. So let Bethlehem happen in you and understand the fact that it happened because he loves you, loves you. The Lord longs for you and I to become Bethlehem, to awaken to the fact that you and I are a person of potential. We are a person of providence. And my friend, we are a person of privilege. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 